You're listening to the First Baptist Rockdale Sunday Sermons Podcast. First Baptist Rockdale is a church dedicated to making disciples who make disciples. We hope you enjoy this week's message. If you have your Bibles, open to John chapter 1. Uh, last week we did John 1, 1 through 8. This week we'll finish uh, what is known as the prologue of John. This is the beginning of the story that, that John tells. John tells the gospel account. A gospel account is the story of Jesus Christ. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all give you the story of Jesus Christ from their unique perspectives, their unique access to what Christ was doing. Um, but John uh, has a purpose uh, that is slightly different, and that purpose is to help you to believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He is indeed God incarnate who came to make a way for our salvation. So John's purpose is to tell that. Every story he tells, every word that he uses is to advance that purpose. Some of you uh, took classes in high school or in college and they said you've got to give your thesis sentence and then you need to build everything in that paper needs to build up to point back to that thesis sentence. Otherwise, it's unnecessary fluff that you're just using to get your page or word count up. I've been there, right? Just use a lot of words to try to get enough pages in so you can turn it in. Um, John was direct. When he wrote, he wrote with a purpose in mind. He didn't have a word count or a, paper, or a page count. He needed to get the truth out that Jesus is indeed the Son of God. So last week we talked about uh, how Jesus pre-existed all of creation. He is the eternal Word. He, be, he was before time began, He was. He has always been. That is part of the nature of what God is. Our, our idea of God, our understanding of God is never going to be fully complete. We're never going to totally get God on this side of eternity. I'm not 100% positive we're totally going to get Him on the other side of eternity, but we'll have a better understanding of who He is and how He interacts. But God as Trinity has always been. Father, Son, and Spirit have always been, and they have always existed. Jesus was the creative agent throughout all of creation. He was uh, before creation, and creation was made through Him and upheld through Him. So John continues this argument about who Jesus was, the very light of the world, the Word of God. And John chapter 1, starting in verse 9, and this is what he says, "...the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people didn't receive him. But to all who did receive him... Who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We're going to stop there just briefly, because John is now describing Jesus as the light of the world, right? And the light is coming not just to, to bring some sort of natural light like the sun, but to illuminate, to bring enlightenment to the world about salvation and the way in which we can become children of God. You know, when God created the world all the way back in Genesis chapter 1, right? John 1 and Genesis 1 mirror each other in a lot of ways. And when God created the world all the way back in the beginning, it was good, it was good, it was good. When He made mankind uh, and He made us in His image, He said, this is very good. The crowning achievement of God's creative order was you. You are a special precious 
a valuable creation of God. He loves you in a unique and special way. You were created very good, but something happened. We're aware of the story. Fast forward just over a chapter. In chapter 3 of the book of Genesis, sin enters the world. And what God had made good and what God had seen and said was good, Eve is standing talking to a snake. Bad idea, I say it, but it's a real bad idea. If you ever find yourself talking to a snake, just stop, okay? Bail on that conversation. Something's not right there, okay? But Eve finds herself talking to this serpent, this deceiver, Satan, who has taken the form of a serpent. And the serpent says, take and eat this tree and you will be like God. And the Bible says Eve saw the tree and she looked with her eyes and she said, it is good for food, right? That's the first time that God is no longer calling something good. But Eve and herself says, this is good for food. What God had declared not to be food, she says was food, and then the whole created order broke. She ate, she gave to her husband who was with her. He ate, and the entirety of creation fell in that moment, right? Everything that was perfect and ordered the way God designed it to be ceased to be like that, and Jesus comes again some thousands of years later to enlighten the world who's been living in darkness ever since. The world is a dark and desperate place, and Jesus breaks into the world. It's one of the things I like about Advent is the wreath slowly gets brighter, right? Week one, you got one candle, kind of, kind of a sad little candle standing alone. Week two, you have a second. Week three, you have a third. Week four, you have the fourth candle. On Christmas Eve, we'll light the one in the middle. It'll be a blazing inferno up here on the... Hopefully not. That could get dangerous, right? But it'll be uh, bright. The light has come near to us. Jesus drew near to bring light to a dark, dark place. And the light that he brought was not just to, to give us some wisdom or knowledge about the way the world works, but it was literally to bring us in to a relationship with God as our Father, right? It says that, that His own people didn't receive Him, uh, but for everyone who would believe in His name, He gave them right, the right to be the, the children of God. I love that story. You know, my family has exposure with adoption. Some of you have experienced with adoption in your life. Maybe you yourself were adopted or you have family members who have adopted. If not, you can come talk to me about our stories. Um, we're finishing an adoption tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, 9 a.m., I will be sitting uh, with my pajama bottoms and my suit top um, in front of a Zoom camera, uh, and I will be going before a judge, and we'll be finishing something that we've been working on for two years. Um, I, I say that we've been working on the actual adoption for about a year, but two years of, of, of caring for this child as if he were ours. God was gracious to allow us to, 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 to have him. Um, what a wonderful blessing that is. But something uh, amazing happens at adoption. You may not know this. I didn't know this, right? When, when you adopt a child, when a child is brought uh, legally into your family, who they were no longer is who they are, right? Who they were is no longer who they are. This, this is weird, but I have a son uh, Julian. I love Julian very much. Julian has been in my family now for four years. He's coming up on five. This will be five years in January. My wife is giving me a bad look. I'm bad with this, okay? I don't know how old I am. It, coming up on five years, Julian has been in our family. We adopted him four years ago. 
That's a nod. Okay. So, so he was, uh, but when, when, when he was adopted, Julian was born in the state of Washington, up in the Seattle area of Washington. I have never spent a day in Washington. Not one day in Seattle, Washington, never been there. There is a birth certificate given to me from the state of Washington. And on that birth certificate from the state of Washington, it talks about how I am the father of this child uh, and how I was, I was there uh, at, at, at that moment when that child was born. So according to the state of Washington, at least for one day, I was present uh, for, for, for the arrival of this son. Who he was is not who he is. His story changed on that day. Right? It doesn't discount where he's been. It doesn't, uh, like, what, what he's experienced in his life prior to coming into our family isn't magically gone. But legally, in status, he has always been mine. He's always been mine. From the day that he was born, he was mine. Now, he didn't come into my house then. He didn't become a part of my family then. But from the day he was born, he was mine. And that's what God does in adopting us as his children. For all who would believe, no matter where you've been, no matter what your story was before Jesus Christ, before the light of the world became illuminated to you and everything became clear to you, no matter what you've experienced before, at the moment of your belief, God has given you the right to become a child of God. And Paul fleshes out the adoption imagery slightly more fully than John does here, but it's clear at that moment, God makes you His. And your story before, while it matters, it's real, it happened, the pain, the hurt, the sorrow, the bad choices, the good things, everything about your life before Christ affects who you are today, but in God's eyes and in the history of the world, you have always been his. You may doubt it sometimes. You may look in the mirror and you may not see the resemblance to your heavenly father. Right? You may be disappointed in what you look at, but because Christ drew near to us and you believed in him, you have always been his. Guys, that gives me some joy to know this year because sometimes I look in the mirror and I know this person. I know where I've been. I know what I've done. I know the path that God took me to get me to where I am today. And I shake my head and think, my goodness, what have I done? But God claims me. He says, you're mine. And you've always been mine. For all who would believe, there are some who will not believe. John talks about that as well. That Jesus came to his own. His own didn't know him. There are people who will reject the gospel message. We can't change that rejection, but we can share hope with them. This season is a wonderful time to share hope with your, with your family members who don't know Jesus Christ. Right, bring them to the Christmas Eve service. One of my, I say it's a pet peeve, it's one of the things that confuses me sometimes, is you know, you'll have family come in town, you'll have people come and visit you, and then you're, it's like, and it's over the weekend, you're like, I can't come to church on Sunday. Right? And now, now some of you are feeling really uncomfortable. I'm sorry about that. I can't come to church on Sunday because i got family in town. I'm like, I don't know. If they don't love Jesus, it's a pretty good opportunity to introduce them to them. And if they do love Jesus, then it's a good opportunity for them to, to worship alongside of you. So just to kick you a little bit, to say, hey, come on now. Come on now. You know who I'm talking to. If, Aaron, definitely Aaron, for sure. Right? Or some of you fools on the, the sheep side, too. But the goats, for sure, are, are those sort of people over there. 
But guys, I, I know, right? You're like, oh, we got family, we da 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 da. But you know, if they don't know Jesus, what a be- what what better way to say, hey, you know, we're gonna get up, we're gonna go to, to church. We'd love for you to come with us, right? They'll feel guilty not coming, right? And they don't need to dress up because other than me putting on a jacket today, you're welcome, right? We, we, we're pretty we're pretty casual up here, so. Guys, um, but, but God gave us the opportunity to become his children through Jesus Christ. The light came near to us so that we could, could become children of God. But the light didn't just come near so we become children of God. The light came near so that we could know God fully. Continue reading that in verse 14. It says, And the word became flesh, and he dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him, and he cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth come or came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Now, this, is, this is the point here. Jesus drew near to us to allow us the opportunity to become adopted children of God, to have our stories permanently changed, to become something that we never were by right, but because God cares for us to make us his family. But God didn't just want to bring us into the family. God wanted us to know who he was. You know, in the Old Testament, there was a barrier between God and man. There was a priestly system set up, and God would function uh, through the priest, right? The priest would come, uh, and they would offer sacrifices uh, in the holy place. They would offer sacrifices before the altar of the Lord, and that would happen day after day after day. And then one day a year, they could go into the even holier place, the most holy place, and that was behind a thick curtain. And only one person could go behind that thick curtain because the presence of God was there. And they had to be purified and ritually clean. They had to make everything exactly right so they could go into this most holy place. And this one man, once a year, would go and he would offer atonement for the sins of the nation. And this is the Day of Atonement. What an important day this was, and he would go, and he would, he would make the sacrifice, and he would leave, and it would be another 365 days before anyone could get that close to the presence of God. And then God said, I don't want my relationship with you to always be mediated by priests. I don't want my relationship with you where you have to go through step after step after step to get to me. I don't want you to have to go and talk to this person who talks to this person who finally comes and talks to me. I want you to know me. And when Jesus came to earth, God in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, he came to the flesh not just to bring us into the family of God, but to fully illuminate who God is. When we read the gospel accounts of Jesus Christ, we see God. Right? We see God working. We see God teaching. We see God uh, interacting with mankind. We know God because we've seen God. Right? And it, it, it's a unique experience that we have the opportunity to see how God interacts with, with stupid people like we have to deal with on a day-by-day basis. Right? Like we struggle with, I, y'all are holy, I'm sure, right? But me, I struggle interacting with stupid people from time to time. This time of year is tough, right? Because it's hustle, bustle, rush, rush, rush. 
right? And then for some reason, like, my patient's level is lower and everyone else's stupid level seems higher, okay? I don't know why that is, and it may just be my patient's lower level is lower. And so I perceive that. But I get frustrated, and I get, I, get, I get flustered, and then I look at how Jesus handles people. And I'm like, that God is so different than me. Right? We get to know God because we get to see God. God came near to us so that we could have access to God. The entire uh, religion system built... Uh, on levels. You would go to this person, who would go to this person, who would go to this person. Eventually, this person could go to God on your behalf, and Jesus tore that all down. He leveled it out. Like, you don't have to come to me so you can pray to God. You don't have to... I, I would, honestly, I say that, I would be honored to pray for you. I would truly be honored to pray for you, but you don't need the pastor of the church to pray for you. And if there's an issue above my pay grade, I don't go to the director of missions and have him and, and keep running up the flagpole until it reaches some state or national executive in the Southern Baptist Convention who is the, you know, the holiest of holies. It's not the way it works. If you have a need, Jesus has come near to illuminate it so that you can know God personally. God is a personal God and He is engaging Mankind at the arrival of Jesus Christ for the rest of eternity on a personal level. You have access to God through Christ. And so we go to God through Christ. We pray to God through Christ because we know God through Christ. We know Him fully and completely. We don't have this dim view of Him, this misunderstanding of Him. We don't have some access problem. He's here and near. He wants to bring you into the family and then he wants you to access him because Christ came to make, uh, uh, make himself known, to make God known to mankind. What a wonderful gift that is to know God. You know, there's entire religions where God is far off. He's distant. Can't really know him. He's over there. You try to please him. You try to meet the steps to please him. You keep the tenets of your faith, you perform the acts that you're supposed to perform, you, you do the offerings you're supposed to do, you follow the rules that you're supposed to follow, but at the end of your life, you still don't really know your God. Because He's over there, He's distant, He's inaccessible. Our God is not an inaccessible God, He has drawn near to you. This Christmas season may bring about a variety of emotions. Sometimes it's joy when we focus on the arrival of Christ. It's joy when we have new children, right? It's joy when we celebrate adoption. It's joy, but you know what? Mixed with joy at Christmas is sometimes sorrow and grief, right? Our losses become multiplied at Christmas. Those loved ones that are missing from family gatherings become difficult because we notice their absence. It's felt in a different way over these seasons. But God is drawn near to you even in your sorrow. He's not distant when you cry. He's not distant when you mourn because God got in it with us. He didn't stay away. When the world was a mess and it was dark and it was in trouble and, and sin was reigning and death was conquering all, God didn't stay in His heaven far away and say, I don't want to get engaged with that. It looks like a little bit too much work. Instead, He took on flesh. He became one of us to bring about salvation. 
He is a God who got involved. He is our champion. He is our hero. He is our victor. And He's near today. So if you're suffering over this Christmas season, I want you to know you don't suffer alone. God is near to you. Cry out to Him, and He will draw near to you. If this year hasn't been what you drew it up to be, by the way, if this year is what you drew it up to be, we're going to talk later about why you're drawing this year up like this, right? But if this year didn't work out the way you wanted it to, maybe there were some real issues for you this year, some real suffering, some real struggles. And you look around and you think, man, this, nothing went the way it should have gone. And you mourn and you grieve over things that, that didn't happen the way you wanted them to. I just want you to know, God is near to you. And you can know Him today fully. In fact, uh, I want to encourage you, if you don't know Jesus Christ, today's a good day to get to know Him. As I've already said, the, the story in the Bible began in a garden with perfection. And we messed it up. We chose sin. We can blame Adam. We can blame Eve. We can blame our ancestral people. But really, in your life, you're the one to blame. The messes that we inherit, the messes that we swim in, we have made our own choices that have created most of the messes that we experience. Our, our choices, our sin, has led us to become uh, opposed to God. But Jesus Christ drew near to us in Bethlehem. He came near to us so that we could know God. He loves us so much. God loves us so much. He sent His Son to become like one of us, to live among us a perfect sinless life, which we celebrate every single day. And then He died on the cross for our sins. And then Easter comes and He conquers even death. The thing that no one had ever be permanently. Jesus shows up and says, This is nothing to me. Death is conquered. The grave has been robbed. And at that moment, he gives the right for everyone who would believe in him to become children of God, as John says. The Bible says, for all who would believe, right? If you would just confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. You can have salvation today. This Christmas can be a merry Christmas as you celebrate your salvation in Jesus Christ. But for some of us, we're already saved. We know Jesus Christ. We have a relationship with Jesus Christ but, but we just need to recognize that when God drew near to us at Christmas, He was doing some pretty big things. And He was not just uh, illuminating knowledge to the world, but He was drawing near to make us family. So when you look in the mirror and you don't love what you see, when you're unhappy with the person that you became, I want you to remind yourself that God has chosen you to be His son or daughter. And God sees incalculable worth in who you are. And while you may be disappointing in your actions today, God is not done with you, and He has not abandoned you. You have always been His. You will always be His. He loves you because you're His child. There's nothing my children can do to become unloved by me. There are some things they can do to get them put in prison. There's nothing they can do to be unloved by me. Because I've always loved them. Before I knew them, I loved them. I remember the day um, that Ezekiel, the little one that was going to be adopted tomorrow, came into our house. He was two months old. He was a tiny little thing. And I looked at him. He was in the carrier thing, right? And by the way, 
I did not draw this up because my oldest is 18. And I was looking at Empty Nest in my early 40s, and I thought I was winning at the, the game of life. But my wife decided otherwise, or something. Really, just a tremendous, uh, tremendous acts of God's providence really led us to this. And I looked at that kid in the, in the carrier, and I was like, ooh, that's a baby. I don't know about this. And then a week later, right, God changed me. And now I can look back at that two-month-old sitting in the car carrier, and all the love that I have for that child is for that child. All the love I had for that, that child whenever he was born in a hospital that I was not present for, that child has. And if I, as a really messed up father, like as a poor representative of God as a father, can feel that way about my earthly kids, how much more so is our perfectly heavenly father feeling about you? As you, 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 may, have, you may have had a rough year. You may have had a rough month. You may have had a rough week. But God loves you. Because you're his. And no height nor depth can take you away from the love of God in Christ Jesus. He is drawn near to us so that we could become his children. He is drawn near to us so that we could know him. God has drawn near to us and so that we would know and believe in Christ. And through our belief in him, everything changes. This Christmas season, I want you to celebrate what God has done. How he has drawn near and made you family. I also want you to celebrate that God is still doing that. And you may have a family member somewhere along the way that you have written off. Right? You, you, you have written off. There is no hope for that person. And I want you to know there is not a hopeless situation in this world. If you think there are, I want you to encourage you. I want you to go uh, to our church YouTube page and go through and look at the stories of some of your church member friends who've shared their stories about what God, where God has reached them from, how God has pulled them through testimonies of how God has been faithful. Because God can reach anyone. If He can reach me, if He can reach you, he can reach your brother, your sister, your son or daughter. He can do that. He's still drawing near. So let's just hold out some hope there and share a bit of the joy of what it means to know Jesus Christ and how he made us children of God. Let me pray.